Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center, it is the Wolf and Luke show here on a Big Red Monday. Wolf, can you hear my enthusiasm for yes. this Big Red Arizona Monday? Sports. Here we go. Breaking Four. news. All righty, guys. Happy Monday. According to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, the Arizona Cardinals have traded for Panthers wide receiver Robbie Anderson. I just saw that right as we were going on the air, and so we'll react to that right out of the gate. Wolf, Wow! um, this was supposed to be the deepest position on the team. So am I supposed to read into this that Hollywood Brown is more hurt than I'm hoping he is? Or is this just simply, even if Hollywood's fine and even if Hopkins is coming back, they want what more is- on offense. Right Man, now. They, you know what? Honestly, right now, my mind goes immediately to Hollywood Brown. I'm sorry. I, yeah, again, maybe it shouldn't. I don't want to speculate on that at all. But knowing that you're getting D-Hop back, I, oh my goodness, wanted to see D-Hop and Hollywood Brown and the combination of those two guys on the field. There's a fix for the offense going forward. There, There's the beginning of a fix right there. Those two guys and getting some other guys healthy like Justin Pugh. When Justin Pugh went out of that game yesterday, it changed everything in terms of the protection for the Arizona Cardinals. Just that, that one position right there. And right now, um, wow, this is, I did not see that coming. Maybe Brian Burns, I thought maybe, maybe the defensive end Brian Burns from the Panthers, maybe the Cardinals would work a deal there. Never saw the Robbie Anderson. Well, let's follow that path, though. I mean, Brian Burns, you're right. Carolina probably having the full-out fire sale. Brian Burns, the the more coveted player, uh, but... If you watch the Cardinals, their defense doesn't look like it has the needs that we thought it would at the start of the season. Whereas on offense, you have to change something. Clearly, after what happened uh, yesterday, really what has happened this entire season. But yesterday was the culmination, Wolf. I would say yesterday, the low point for this offense that I can remember in the Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury era. You're playing a team that that was, what, yeah. second worst in the NFL in terms of points allowed per game. Just gave up 48 to Detroit two weeks ago, and the Cardinals couldn't even score a touchdown, not offensively, against the Seahawks. Yeah. So maybe, and I'm going to try and be optimistic as far as this trade. I get people aren't optimistic in general around this team right now, but as far as this trade, I'm going to hope that this is in addition to Hollywood Brown and not because Hollywood's hurt. Man, Robbie Anderson is um, this is a good receiver. Robbie Anderson. A thousand yards two years ago. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Not really with a quarterback. This kid can play, man. That's really, really interesting. Of course, yesterday we know Steve Wilkes jettisoned him from the sideline, said, you're done, get out of here. So you could almost see this coming. I just didn't know it would come this quickly for Robbie Anderson. Just yeah. did not see that. This is, listen, yesterday for the Arizona Cardinals overall, um, one of the toughest, this is the toughest loss by far and away this season for me going in here. Um, if I were inside that lo- that locker room too, 
um, I'd be happy that we're playing in another four days. I'd be really, really happy after losing that game that you were going to play on Thursday night. This was a bad loss. Yeah, I really... I mean, the Rams' loss in the playoffs was obviously bad, but now you look back at the stretch. I, I just I, yesterday was just so disappointing. Wolf, the performance against the Rams in the playoffs was obviously very disappointing, but the outcome. Okay, you lost to the Rams. They went and won the Super Bowl. You could write it off a little bit, a little bit. Now the only reason I'm bringing that game up is that's about the closest to how I feel this morning after the game yesterday. Like that game ended, and I just you just have such a bad taste in your mouth, and you're just like, okay. Seattle. It was almost like Seattle, whose defense can't stop anybody, knew Man. we'll be fine this week. And I'm talking to a lot of my friends up there who are Seahawks fans. And let me just say, that makes this extra bad for me. And they're all like, wow. I mean, everybody can move the ball on us. The Cardinals couldn't even put the ball in the end zone against us. Yeah. I, there's no reason this offense should be this bad. It is a staggering. Talk about a million different things today, but to me, that is the most basic point of all this. The talent on this offense should be putting up 25 to 30 points a game. Yes. Um, you know, the Cardinals, again, they have played very, very well in Seattle. We all know that. Five and two in their last seven trips um, going up there before yeah. yesterday's game. And Seattle's defense, to your point, the worst defense in the league statistically the worst defense in the league but if you if you put the tape on you could see my goodness they had even bigger issues like tackling you could also see mental errors breakdowns all over the field and number 32 in yards per game allowed number 32 in yards per play allowed number 31 in points per game allowed over and over the last two games they gave up 80 points they gave up 80 <laughs> points, Luke, in their last two games. Man, you know, you, you can't even say, well, you know what, that was early in the season. They really got wiped out early in the season. I'm talking about the last two games. They gave up 80 points, and the Cardinals took the opening drive down the field and got a field goal out of it, and it's the first three points in the first quarter all season. And you were thinking to yourself, all right, all right, the monkey's off the back now, right? Now we can go ahead and go to work, go to business, and then get something done. And, man, it I just have the drives after not that. the case. So they, they go down the field, Kyler running early in the game, which to me is the Cardinals making an adjustment. Now, I'm not saying he needs to run that much all the time, but he was running early in the game. They get the field goal. Should they have gotten a touchdown? I mean, you'd like to when you're that close. But, you know, like you just said, you got points in the first quarter. First drive, you're up 3 nothing on a team that can't stop anybody. Okay, maybe this is the start. I honestly, even at that point, Wolf thought it was such a close kick. Maybe you've even got Matt Amendola, who's, who knows how long he's going to be on this team. Maybe you even got him a little confidence with the short field. Sure. Okay, let's see what you do next. Their offensive drives for the rest of the game went turnover on downs, punt, 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 turnover on downs, fumble, turnover on downs, punt, interception. And that was it. That was brutal. Just brutal. I thought they were ready to go, and the offense was not ready to go. That is the problem right there. And this news right now, Robbie Anderson and Robbie Anderson coming here, um, I think a lot of that probably has got to do with Sean Jefferson as well, the assistant head coach, of course, and the wide receivers coach for the Arizona Cardinals. I'll bet you he's got some type of relationship with Robbie Anderson. And it's interesting because Robbie Robbie Anderson was having a problem with his position coach. Yeah. Robbie Anderson, two years ago, 
95 catches for 1,096 yards and three scores. Um, his his touchdowns year by year, 2-7-6-5-3-5-1. I mean, he's a down-the-field threat. He's has not really – he's four years with the Jets, so he didn't have a lot of great quarterback play there. And then the last two and a half years with Carolina, and they've, they've uh, you know, jumbled their quarterbacks around too. So this could be something. Um, so I, Tom Pelissero just tweeted out that the Cardinals will owe Robbie Anderson the remaining – $690,000 prorated portion of his base salary after the trade. Okay. So, yeah, it's I mean that's not that's not that much. So the it kind of comes back to the issue we were just talking about with Bickley Murata on the crosstalk though, Wolf, and we'll get more into this later on in the show. Kyler Murray didn't look right yesterday either. I know it, it, everybody's focused on the coaching and I get it because this is frustrating and that tends to usually the people that answer for that are the coaches. But Kyler Murray's not he's missing open receivers now. He's bouncing passes to guys on on fourth down. Like what what is going on with him? It doesn't matter who the receivers are if he's not going to be accurate. Yeah, you know what's interesting about that? I, I I if I'm not mistaken though, Luke, the first two possessions, um, they did a good job actually uh, moving the ball down the yeah, field. Right down the field. Um the the first two possessions, of course, they got three points out of their first possession, and then of course they went for it on fourth down as opposed to kicking it. We'll we'll get into that, of course as the show unfolds, but um, when Justin Pugh left that game, it changed everything. It did. The protection scheme broke down. And if you want to get to Kyler Murray, and if you want to mess this offense up, break down their protection scheme. They they did. They had more yards than Seattle yesterday. It's just a matter of they, they don't seem to be converting when they need to, and we'll get into this as well, but let's not pretend that they felt confident in their field goal kicker yesterday because you probably left 10 points on the board there if you have Matt Prater. We're going primetime this week as we are giving you the chance to win tickets to both the Suns home opener this Wednesday and Thursday night football. Just text primetime to 62620 and listen for your name all day. Plus, one lucky winner each day is going to win their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. That's prime time to 620-620. All right, what led to the Cardinals' loss in Seattle? We're going to go through the biggest plays next in Big Red Reacts. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, in case you're just joining us, the news, according to Ian Rapport, Cardinals trading for Panthers wide receiver Robbie Anderson. Wolf, Robbie Anderson tweeting out, let's see, what emojis are these? Looks like the cold emoji, maybe prayers, uh, fingers crossed, and a rocket ship. So now add that to what Greg Dorch tweeted last night, which was just an hourglass. Okay. Cardinals receivers are just tweeting an emoji at this point. This is where we are six weeks into the season. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so cold and fingers crossed and prayers, of course, and then rocket ship. Maybe maybe it's like, yeah, hey, listen. This could this could go well. I think that's is I that mean, is that what that is? I mean, it, I, it, you, right. I got to look on. It looks it shows up better on the phone on the laptop these days. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Why don't we do this while I try and decipher what the Cardinals receivers are saying? Let's uh, let's relive yesterday's game, Wolf, oh, through no. the art of Big Red Reacts. Wolf and Luke, Big Red Reacts. Reaction to yesterday's Cardinals game. Brought to you by Wicopa Casino Resort, where world-class action meets four diamond splendor. 
snap to Murray, and it's going to be a quarterback run to the right. Big hole, 30, 35, 40. Murray's free at the 50, inside the 40, and just scoots out of play inside the 35 at the 34-yard line. 23-yard field goal try for Amendola. Ball on the far hash mark. Fourth down, snap, spot. The kick is up, and the kick is good. And the Cardinals have their first points of the first quarter of 2022. Snap to Smith. Drops back the throw. Pressure in his face. He's in trouble. And he goes down. He's sacked back at the 21-yard line. Cam Thomas, the rookie, is there for the Cardinals to make the play. 39-yard try for Jason Myers to tie the game here with 6.45 to go in the first quarter. Snap. Spot. The kick is on the way. And the kick is good. Snap to Murray. Three-step drop with time. Throws left-sided. It's a low pass, and it's Incomplete at the 11-yard line. He had Rondell Moore. The ball was just thrown too short in the ground, and the Cardinals turn it over on downs. Shotgun snap. Murray straight drop. Looking. Steps up. Hit and sack back at the 18-yard line. 27-yard field goal tried by Myers now to give the Seahawks the lead. Snap. Ball is down. The kick is on the way. It's good. It's 6-3. Seahawks with 6.05 to go in the first half. Shotgun snap. Murray straight drop. In trouble. Steps up and sack back at the 45 of Arizona. He had no shot to get away from the defender, Ryan Neal. Third down. They're going to try the field goal. Four seconds left. It's a 34-yard attempt. Snap. Ball is down. The kick is on the way. And the kick is good. And that ends the first half. Trips to the left of Smith. Third down and 13. Shotgun snap. Smith. Deep drop. Looking. Steps up. Hit. Sack. Back at the 13-yard line by Zaven Collins, who got him and forces a punt. Geno Smith takes the shotgun snap, looking left all the way, waiting, now steps up and sacked. And it's Marcus Golden at the 14-yard line. So essentially an extra point attempt here, but it's worth three points. Snap. Ball down, kick on the way, and perfect. Third down and 12 for Seattle. He rushes the passer in trouble, and it's my Jay Sanders back there for the sack, taking down Geno Smith. Dixon's got it, and the punt is blocked. It's loose in the end zone, and the Cardinals recovered for a touchdown. Chris Banjo comes up with the fumble recovery for a touchdown. Walker to the left side of the 10. Stiff arms to the five and into the end zone for the touchdown. Kenneth Walker with a score to make it 18-9 with 13-24 to go. Takes the snap, drops back the pass, in trouble, and he's sacked at the 35-yard line. Sacked by Quentin Jefferson. And the Seahawks take over on downs, leading 19-9 with 10.06 to go. Three receivers to the right. They rush five. Back to pass goes Smith. Here comes MyJ Sanders. Smith gets out of there, though. He's running far side. Then Zayvon Collins sacks him at the 20. Shotgun snap. Murray back to throw. Throws a deep ball. Left side. Underthrown. Intercepted at the 25-yard line. Picked off by Woolen. In my opinion, worst loss of the season. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. He didn't play great against the Rams for sure. Had a chance last week to force overtime, missed a kick. You started this game out well, scoring on your first drive, but you didn't have any offensive points since that opening possession. It was a rough watch for this offense again. 
Yeah, Dave Pash summarized it right there. Rough watch for this offense again. And Wolf, definitely the worst loss of the season. You can write off the other three losses. Now, in the moment, the loss to the Rams, I thought was a horrible missed opportunity, and against the Eagles as well. But you went into this game yesterday. Yeah, you had three losses, but you had lost to the Chiefs, who might win the Super Bowl, the Rams, who just won the Super Bowl, and the Eagles, who are undefeated. Maybe they'll win the Super Bowl. So you could could justify it on some level. There is no way to justify scoring nine points on that Seahawks defense. No, no, there isn't. Um, Once again, they were giving up 30.8, almost 31 points per game. And it wasn't like they really came out uh, in September and struggled the first couple of games of the season, and that's skewing their numbers. They gave up 80 points the last two weeks once again. And there was no Al Woods. Al Woods is their best defensive lineman. And, you know, once again, I thought maybe the Arizona Cardinals would come out and really try to make a concerted effort to run the ball, especially in between the tackles. And that never materialized. It never happened. And, um, listen, I understand that, um, you know, their secondary hasn't been great either. (laughs) They've been torched. This is a, a defense where it didn't matter if you ran the ball or threw the ball, you were going to move the ball. And that was not the case for the Cardinals once again. They came out of the shoot, and they looked great. Ten plays down the field, three points. And then 14 plays down the field, their second possession again. And Justin Pugh, as I said, when he went out, it changed the dynamic on that offensive line. And that changed the dynamic of the game. They have had these drives, I mean, even the Rams game, where they move the ball, even though it looks, it just looks so clunky. But they've had drives where they move the ball, but then they get in the red zone and they just, they, they can't get points out of it. Or they get inside the 30 in the case of yesterday and they can't get points out of it. And they clearly did not trust Matt Amendola enough to even really let him try a field goal other than that one that was very close at the start of the game. Now, to be fair, when he ran out there to kick an extra point, he missed that. And I said yeah. this last week, he's clearly in his head. You know, you and I had this discussion about Matt Amendola last week when it was when they were bringing him back up and, and saying he was going to play against Seattle after the way things went against Philadelphia. The guy obviously can kick or he wouldn't have gotten to this point, but what he was doing as a kicker three years ago doesn't help the Cardinals on Sundays if he doesn't believe he's going to make the kicks right now. And it was even more than that, Wolf. They don't seem to believe he's going to make the kicks because they kept going for it on fourth down. And this was not a game where it was like, well, you can't beat the Seahawks with field goals. Yeah, you can. They scored 19 points. Yes. Those field goals would have mattered. Yeah, you know, again, and I know we're going to get into this a little bit more, but um, for me right now, it was like the first one I was okay with. I was all right with that. And what's odd about that is it was a shorter. It was, I believe, a 38-yard field goal that Cliff Kingsbury said, you know what, we're going to go for it on this. And I was okay with that because I thought to myself, okay, you know what, show show a little confidence in your offense right now. You just went down the field for 10 plays, got a field goal. Yeah, come on back, man. 14-play draw. Drive looks fantastic. Let's do it again. We have confidence in our offense. We're going to convert on this thing. We'll score touchdowns. We're on the road. We're probably 
going to have to score touchdowns to beat the Seattle Seahawks because their offense scores a lot of touchdowns. Early in the game, yeah, I understand that. I, I, I get what you're saying. But yes. as, as the game went on, and I'm not but, even but saying the it was second the wrong one, call. The second one was, was a longer field goal. It was 45, and I was like, I would have kicked it, I think, yeah. David. I would I definitely would have kicked it right there. The because thing is, otherwise, why, why do you have Amendola? Why, why is he on your roster? Exactly. Yeah, otherwise have Eno kick off, and then just, if you're not going to kick the field goals and the extra points anyway. One time trying to make a statement, I understand it. The second time around, I thought they should have kicked it. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. The Cardinals offense continues to be a problem this season. Just how bad could it get? It's the Wolf and Luke Show, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, Wolf, we're out here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. It is the Wolf and Luke show. And um, more news. You ready for the additional I news? honestly don't want you to say this. I don't want you to say this. I don't want to even hear it. Well, you're going to have to hear it. Um, and this, I, I mentioned this at the top of the, the show, the one thing I've been looking forward to even during the game yesterday was seeing DeAndre Hopkins play alongside Hollywood Brown. I am not of the belief that, hey, DeAndre Hopkins comes back, everything's perfect. I, I, I don't fall into that group. I do fall into the group of I want to see what Hopkins looks like with Hollywood Brown there. He hasn't had a guy like that, even as successful as Hopkins has been here. And we have never seen Hollywood Brown play with a guy like Hopkins, and now... Now, according to Adam Schefter, Hollywood Brown suffered a potentially season-ending foot injury Sunday per sources. He's undergoing further testing today to determine the extent of the injury. Okay, where do you begin on this one right here? Just the the unbelievable irony, if in fact this is it, for Hollywood Brown, that the week you get D-Hop back is the week in which he's gone. Uh, I, uh, it's, it's cruel. If, you, you're, if you're a Cardinals fan, it's almost cruel. You, you can't even make that stuff up. Um, that's devastating right now. The other thing I'll say is if, if it's his foot, I think that's better than it being his knee. Not being a doctor, of course, but a, a knee or an ACL or something like that. Um, to me, that would have been worse than a foot. And uh, yet at the same time, it doesn't matter. Um, he's done for the year. I just, I can't believe it. I, I honestly, I have talked about it all off season. The combination of Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. Having Hollywood Brown over the top of D Hop and Zachary. I just wanted to see those it. Those two guys. I just wanted to see it. Once again, knowing D Hop and the impact he has on Kyler Murray and how Kyler Murray is more able to read coverage based on D Hop being out on the field. It has helped him tremendously and that also helps his confidence. I I man, this is this is horrific news. It, it's it's one of those things where just be a crazy. This season hasn't been fun, and so if nothing else, those two on the field together had the potential to be fun. Now, again, it's potentially a season-ending foot injury, according to Adam Schefter. But I think we all had the thought when it happened, and maybe that was just because everybody was in such a bad place by the end of that game yesterday anyway, that that happened at the very end of the game, basically, and, and it wasn't 
I'm seeing Ravens fans on Twitter being like, oh, yeah, he's always hurt. No, that was he got rolled up on. Like, anybody would have got hurt on that play. What are you supposed to do if you're Hollywood Brown? Uh, but that was the thought of like, okay, well, you're not going to get to see him and Hopkins together on Thursday, almost certainly. And now it seems like it might be for a lot longer than that. And it... Um, it explains why they went out and traded for Robbie Anderson a half hour ago. Yeah, yeah, it does. That and Robbie, Robbie Anderson, Anderson trade. too. You know what? Hey, listen, um, you could get a lot worse. Think of it, Robbie Anderson, right now, a guy as you said two years ago had over a thousand yards receiving. He's six three. He's he's tall. He's a big unit. Running a, a sub four four. He gets down the field. I mean, that's he is he is a deep threat. Or at least he was for a while there. It, it's tough to tell. He's one of those guys that's tough to tell because he has spent his career on the Jets and the Panthers when they have not had a quarterback that they've had no consistency at quarterback. Uh, so, look, I mean, we were going to talk about the Cardinals offense here and we're going to now anyway, but Hollywood Brown had been one of the bright spots through the first few weeks. Not like he did a ton yesterday, but through the first few weeks, I thought he was getting, especially like weeks two through four. He was really taking steps forward. Uh, this is just, it's its brutal. It's brutal to, to not have him on the field this week because, again, I don't want to put all, all the Cardinals' eggs in one basket of Hopkins comes back and everything is suddenly fixed. Uh, this is Cliff Kingsbury uh, yesterday on the Cardinals' radio network talking about only getting those three points offensively yesterday, and they all came on the opening drive. Yeah, not, not um, good. It's kind of how we've been playing so far th- this year offensively. Um, close, but not uh, converting when we need to. Yeah, that has been the case right there. They, they have played so badly offensively, in my opinion, based on Onions, because of their underperforming talent. That's why. Because of their underperforming talent. This is the worst offense in the league right now. That That's just my opinion. It doesn't make it right. Is there a fix? Yes, there is a fix, in my opinion. Um, but until they prove it, until they go out and prove it, we don't know. You, you've got to go do it. And again, this is one of the reasons why I, I love the NFL and I love playing the game of football. It was a it was a meritocracy. It was the ultimate meritocracy, as a matter of fact. You had to go out and prove your value. You had to go out and prove your worth. You had to go out and prove that you were better than the other guy or not. You had to do it individually and you had to do it collectively. And guess what? Everybody loved it. Everybody relished the opportunity to go out and prove that you were better or were not. Um, right now, the, the Arizona Cardinals offense needs vast improvement. Um, hopefully, DeAndre Hopkins, once again, the fix. DeAndre Hopkins will come back and change an awful lot. Um, I was hoping that was not going to be the case, Basin Onions. And anyone that has listened to this show, you know I've been saying that. I was hoping that we're going to find something else. That has not happened. So now it's D-Hop or bust. Yeah, I'm hoping behind the scenes. And I, and I, I think what's so concerning to the fan base is it, it feels like the team is saying, well, our answer's Hopkins. Like, I'm hoping they have other answers behind the scenes, or at least other potential answers, not just, well, we're getting Hopkins back. Because he's one guy, and 
He's a receiver, and yeah, he's out. But he did an awful lot. He, man. he did, and look, I'm not he's, saying I'm not saying he's not going to make a difference, and he may make all the difference. I'm hoping internally within the organization, though, they're not pinning all their hopes on that. Like if DeAndre Hopkins comes back and makes a huge difference and changes everything, yeah. that's great. But I'm hoping they're looking for other solutions too, other than just well, Hopkins that's is one of the back. reasons why they went. Out and they got Robbie Anderson. Well, they're clearly Brought still in. all in on this season. Otherwise, you wouldn't go out and make a trade for Robbie Anderson. Right. You would just be like, all right, let's play this out and see where it goes. Yes. Um, Statistically, though, listen, the, they're a long way from being the worst offense in the league, base. I mean, statistically, they are. But when you look at the players they have and the talent of those players, they're underperforming at a level that is just beyond disappointing. You know what's what's why it's beyond disappointing, Wolf, is it doesn't even look like their offense last year. I mean, that's the thing. It, it it's it's getting worse. I'm not saying anybody needs to be fired, but this is what an offense looks like right before somebody gets fired. That's that's just the reality. The offense looks completely disjointed right now. A simple pass play down the field looks like it's so difficult for this team. And this team started last season 10-2 and with one of the best offenses in football. Who other than DeAndre Hopkins is missing? Now, I get it. Justin Pugh got hurt yesterday, and it did make a huge difference. Rodney Hudson wasn't playing. But it, it's not just yesterday that the offenses look bad. It's yeah. basically... It's basically since, like, last November that the offenses look bad. Yeah, you know, I listen, accountability is so critical. It really is. You've got to call it the way that it is. You've got to see it, and you've got to, you've got to use your humility to be able to see it clearly, Basinonians. And I hope the guys that are actually playing, the guys that are in that locker room, I hope the guys that are coaching, and I hope the, the guys that are competing feel exactly the same way. Go prove it. Go do it. All right, when we come back, what's been the most frustrating part of this start for the Cardinals? We're going to ask the voice of the Cardinals. Dave Pass joins us next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Love you, bro. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. We are out here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. It is the Wolf and Luke Show. We will be talking to Cliff Kingsbury, as always, uh, late in the show today. It looks like 145. Wolf will be talking to Cliff, so that's going to be an interesting conversation today with everything that happened yesterday and everything that's already happened this morning. Uh, joining us right now, though, on the Arizona Sports Line is the voice of your Arizona Cardinals, Dave Pash. Dave, how's it going? Good. So are we talking about Wolf's birthday again to, to pass the time here? That sounds like yeah. a much more enjoyable uh, subject right now. Yeah, Wolf, couldn't you have another birthday? Come on. Yeah. No, we're not doing that, David, <laughs> no. as you well know. Thank you so much for opening up that way, though, because it was... David, please, I'm having a hard time, man. I'm having a really hard time today. So your thoughts about this game, where do you start? Well, obviously, first of all, the the... The positive is the the defense is is for real, and I think Vance Joseph deserves a lot of credit. Player development is a big part of that. You're seeing young guys that you've drafted, like Zach Allen and Saban Collins and Byron Murphy, stepping up and establishing themselves. And I think this is a defense that's going to keep you in games the rest of the year. That's encouraging if the offense can get going because your defense is proving itself over the last six games that it's for real. So if, if somehow this offense can now get on track with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, 
and Robbie Anderson, who clearly needed a change of scenery, and no Sean Jefferson. Uh, so there is a connection there. Um, you know, we're going to know. I mean, Thursday might be hard to really know because it's a short week. But, you know, by next Sunday against Minnesota, you will have enough of a sample size to really tell about how this season's going to go. Talking to Dave Pash, Dave, you know, one of my concerns watching this game yesterday, and I don't think we're there yet, and maybe we won't ever get there because there is pretty good leadership on this team, but you just said it, the defense is playing really good football, and the offense doesn't even look like the team we saw at the end of last season offensively. I mean, you start to worry at some point there might be a rift because the defense is sacrificing their body and nothing's coming of it. It doesn't feel like we're, we're anywhere near that, though, at least. Yeah, it feels like we're still, you know, a ways away from that happening if it does happen. But, you know, clearly when, you know, one side of the ball is playing well and ends up being on the field more than it wants to, you know, you could have that happen. But I do think there is good leadership in that room. Uh, but I, I, I feel like I've said this every week, you know, at some point the offense is going to break out. But I, I also said that now for you know, 12 games in a row going back to uh, the middle of last year. And it's really hard to put your finger on what exactly the issue is. You know, for a while there, they couldn't score in the first quarter, move the ball in the first quarter. Yesterday, they, they did both. They scored and they moved the ball. And then the rest of the game, they couldn't. And it just it just feels like it's it, it's never the same thing. It's something different each game, each quarter. And... Hopefully, again, the addition of D-Hop makes things easier for Kyler, makes everybody else on the field better. And I do think, you know, people, I'm sure, are looking at the Robbie Anderson move and saying, well, you know, the guys had some off-the-field issues with coaches and teammates. But you're in desperation mode right now offensively. You have to do whatever you can to fix it. And if that means taking a chance on a guy who's talented – and again, has a prior relationship from the Jets with Sean Jefferson, you make the move. So, I, and, and Steve does have a good track record with, with trades of getting veteran players. Yeah, David. I mean, I'm with you on that one right there, honestly. To get Robbie Anderson at this point in time, yeah, it does smack of some desperation. But if Sean Jefferson, you know Sean Jefferson, what a great coach he truly is and the relationship that he has built with many, many men over the course of his career. I'm hoping that has a massive impact on Robbie Anderson going forward. And then because of that, a massive impact, of course, on the Arizona Cardinals. But is there a fix? Is there a fix to this offense? And if so, what do you think it is? Well, I mean, outside of the addition of D-Hop, you know, at some point you you have to play your quarterback who you're counting on in year four has to be better. And it's not just him, but, you know, he's the quarterback's always the face of your offense. And it wasn't just him yesterday. It was far from just him yesterday. But, you know, he's he, he's the guy that's making the most money. So that's the guy you look to. And, again, he, he started better. Um, seemed like he was off on, on some throws. You know, I'd love to know that first drive when it's second and goal from the one, was that an RPO where he could have thrown the ball away? Or would it have been a legal man downfield, and therefore he he had to run out of bounds because that that got them off schedule, and they had to settle for three. If they score seven there, you know who knows uh, how how that how the rest of the game goes. Just getting the confidence boost, the shot in the arm. You know, I was expecting the Cardinals to run the ball better. It started out well, um, but you know you look at the overall numbers for the running backs. 
and it wasn't good. I mean, Kyler had a good day running, but that can't be your base offense. I do think, you know, he, he does need to be part of the run game. Um, so, you know, I think even Kyler, if he asked him, uh, I would hope he would be the one, you know, pointing the finger at himself because, again, he, he's the guy that's making the most money. You're paying him to win games. I do think he's shown more grit. Uh, in the second halves of games than we've seen in previous years. So so that's encouraging. And hopefully having a security blanket like D-Hop back will make a big difference for him this week. We're talking to Dave Pash. Uh, Dave, the other thing that was very evident yesterday, you can make a case the Cardinals left nine points on the board plus an extra point uh, by going for it on fourth down as much as they did. You know, we all talk about the importance of getting DeAndre Hopkins back, but it certainly feels like the importance of getting Matt Prater back is right up there as well because it did not seem like they trusted Matt Amendola to even try field goals yesterday. No, and then when he missed the extra point, you could see why. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be Matt Prater or somebody else. The problem is you got a short week, so if Prater's not healthy, you know, can you can you find a kicker uh, in the next couple of days that you trust? Because in the NFL, you 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 need to have somebody you can be confident to make a 38 yarder. Uh, you know that that driver they went for it on fourth and four. I understand, and maybe the analytics said. Uh, I assume they did uh, say you go for it there, uh, or maybe it's a combination of analytics and feel based on your lack of faith in in your kicker. Uh, but I think it was 38, and the other one would have been 45. You know, there's there's six points, and obviously missing the extra point. So uh, unfortunately, again, you don't have a lot of time to get Prater back if he's not 100% or to find the right person to kick for you Thursday night. So, David, you talked a little bit about it, but to go into a little bit more detail in regard to the defense and what you liked and where you think they need to improve. Yeah, well, if I, I just, you know, Vance Joseph is somebody that, you know, I, I always felt did not get a fair shot in Denver as a head coach. I think it was just two years mm-hmm. that they let him uh, they let him go there, and you know he didn't have a quarterback really. Um, but you know, clearly we saw it last year. We've seen it already this year. It took a game or two, you know, because a lot of those guys didn't play in the preseason for him to kind of figure out how to use guys. Um, I loved you know what they did. Zayvon Collins' growth is so encouraging, Wolf. I know you feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, Zach Allen. You know, J.J. Watt, man, he, he just, the guy makes plays. Um, and he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. And, uh, you know, I would love, you know, for Isaiah Simmons to, to hopefully improve and get better. Um, your safeties, you're in good hands there. It feels like Marco Wilson has settled back down again. Yes. Obviously, Murph is playing well. I guess that's the thing. If this offense can just somehow show signs of life and get out of this slump, I think your defense has shown that it's going to keep you in games for the rest of the season. And that that gives me hope that you're not done yet. Yep. We're talking to Dave Pash. Dave, you've been around this team for a while. You obviously you you know you've called a lot of different games, uh, even different sports, but I guess specifically with with NFL and college for football. Kind of what you just said right there. Do you remember very many teams where one side of the ball was so greatly exceeding expectations and surprising everybody, and then on the other side they were underperforming and surprising everybody? Like usually it's one or the other, not both like this. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's happened before. I I, I can't remember. And you know, the, it, again, the expectations for the offense, the money that's been spent on players there. Yeah, it's it's shocking uh, how how things have gone on that side of the ball. Um, I, I just 
I'm really, like everybody, intrigued to see if, if all of a sudden Thursday night and then beyond with, with having D-Hop, if, mm-hmm. if that makes as big of a difference as we're all hoping it will be. Uh, now, he hasn't played in a year. You don't know from a health standpoint, you know, and, a, and a, you know, at age 30, is he still D-Hop? I'm assuming that he's going to be close to, to the same D-Hop. And then defenses, you know, you, you have to be aware of where he is and what they're doing with him. And clearly he makes things easier for Kyler, and he makes everybody else better when you have a true number one. So, uh, boy, if, if things don't go well Thursday, and again, maybe that's not fair because it is a short week and teams that – play on Thursday. The offense usually isn't as good. We've seen it the last two weeks, but again, over the next couple of games, we're going to know if this offense really is improved and you know how much of a difference D-Hop has made. One of the things I love, too, about D-Hop is he brings a little swag, a little bit of an edge to him, and yeah. I think this is exactly what this offense needs, a little bit of D-Hop. Yeah, right. Somebody with an edge. And look, I'm sure there are guys in there. I'm sure there are guys that are upset. And I'm sure there are a lot of conversations amongst players, conversations with coaches about what to do to fix this. You know, losing Justin Pugh, he, he, he played well, played well last yes. year. You know, it, it, that that's that's big. I, I, I Hopefully it's not, you know, as serious as it looked. Um, hopefully you can get Rodney Hudson back and, and maybe your offensive line. Oh, they didn't they didn't give Kyler a lot of time to throw yesterday either. So that's why I said it's not just Kyler. Um, it, it feels like it just sounds so cliche, but it does really feel like it's accurate with this team. It, it is everybody. Um, that's not you know broadcast you know home broadcast speak. It's there there's something going on at every level of that offense right now and. Man, hopefully they can get it fixed because uh, it's certainly not very enjoyable to to watch the offense play right now. Dave, we appreciate the time. Thank you as always. All right, thank you, David. All right, see you guys. Take care. That's uh, take care, Dave. That's Dave Pash right there joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back, Cardinals defense does continue to be the bright spot of this season. So, what does that mean going forward? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.